Welcome to Bobland. comedy that's outrageous in every way. Have a good day. Don't worry about locking your keys in the car. Funland Security will be glad to help. You'll meet the whole crew of Funland. Welcome to Funland. And even get a cultural How education. Please, Maggot Brainer, your balls are history. What's good today? But when you meet Bruce Berger. Look at here. We got fresh hot burgers for apple pie. It's funk, it's punk, we'll all be chunk. Coffee with donuts, you can't slam dunk. You'll know you've met a very unusual clown. Bruce Berger doesn't see life the way most of us do. Because at Funland, fun can be very dangerous. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Demi Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindemi.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at The Main Demi. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. I'm ready to go. I got a new chair I just bought to sit in, and I think this movie was the perfect one to celebrate that. I don't know if this is a bit or not. Not a bit. <laughs> True story. You got a new chair? Yeah. I, I've been cheaply putting off buying chairs. Like What I do is I get those like foldable camp chairs. Oh, and okay. I sit in those. So the other one finally broke after two years of constantly sitting in it. So I got a new one that's a much higher weight limit. And sadly, my feet just barely touched the ground on this. <laughs> it's my, the my... uh, sub-sixers uh, lifestyle yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. My wee little uh, legs, I got to put them... <laughs> <laughs> well, mu- much, much like not knowing if Mark's uh, thing was a bit, this week's movie was hard to determine whether or not it was a comedy or not. Yeah, this so and for the second week in a row, I am very angry at what I thought I was gonna see and what I got. Yeah, but this one's a little bit more understandable, I think. I did kind of warn you. Did you? Yeah. How, did, how did you warn me? In the text messages, I said I didn't want to do this movie because I did. I wanted to avoid a horror movie because we're so close to October. And then I said, oh well, actually on Letterbox. People are saying that this movie is actually not a horror movie. Yeah, so you got the you got your wish essentially. Yeah. I, I, first of all, because I want to delay the inevitable as much as I can here, you have to get over your whole not wanting to review horror movies. There's other months in the year, man. We can't put off horror movies. Oh sure, but we are we're like four episodes away from October. It's so close. We're going to do five. October is five weeks long. We're going to do five horror movies in a row. You've been fighting me on horror movies for months now. Well, uh, I'm trying to make this a, a, a safe place for Mark. We know he's afraid of horror movies. <laughs> so we try, and limit around. His, we try and limit his, his terror. So let's just get right into it. This week, It Chapter 2 comes out. And while we're very excited about that, there are a 
thousand different horror movies based around clowns. So we tried to do something a little different. We were going to do Shakes the Clown, written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. And then on September 1st, Amazon Prime took it off of free on Amazon Prime. As well, they also took one of two Insane Clown Posse movies off of free on Prime. We decided not to do the other one that they left on, which I think is Big Money Hustlers. And we did Funland from 1987. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was the right decision. Mm, yeah, the, uh, you had mentioned that they said it was a dark comedy, and I don't even think it was that. In, it's so dark they forgot to add like the comedy. comedy part. Uh, I I will say it's definitely dark, <laughs> but not but it's not a dark comedy. It's not a horror movie. It's a movie, I guess, in the loosest of terms. Yeah. It, Again, this was almost like a made-for-TV movie. It feels like it at some points. The photography feels very much like it at at points. Very yeah, inconsistent in terms of the cinematography and production values. It takes a lot for me to sit and watch a movie and wonder aloud. I think the ICP movie might have been better. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I haven't seen it. Either one of the ICP movies. But there was a point in this movie where I'm like, I think it might have been better to go with the other one. No, because those guys are insufferable. Yeah. That's true. I think I think Shakes the Clown would have been the better, the better yes. choice. Uh, at least that has Damn a you, Jeff Bezos. Uh, at least that has a Robin Williams cameo in there. So shakes the clown. Is that that's not a horror movie either? No, it's another dark comedy. Okay, gotcha. But it's written by an actual. So I actually, I actually saw a pretty good dark comedy yesterday. Uh, Ready or not? Do you want to talk about Ready or Not? We could do that. Well, uh, we kind of have to talk about this movie because we watched it. Uh, but know. Ready or Not is pretty good. Yeah, and- not bad. At some so, point, they got to get her and Logan Marshall Green together so that there's a not Rago, Robo Margie, not... Uh, Whoa, what was that? Mar- Margo Robbie. Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was doing the Twitter thing. Margo Bobby. <laughs> Jen and I said the same thing. I was like, oh, because I, I had no idea that she had talked about not being Margot Robbie. I was like, oh, yeah, she could be with uh, Logan Marshall Green and they could be the knots together, pretty much. <laughs> Just put them on a poster together and... Yeah. People walk into that movie going, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. But still. And I thought that would, it's a good juxtaposition, I guess, of uh, what's supposed to be a dark comedy to what this is, is mm-hmm. just, it's, it's just boring. Yep. It's, this yeah. could be the worst movie we've done. Yes. It, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm glad that we're saying that more and more often now <laughs> because that means we're doing our, uh, well, not yeah. our job, our hobby. Yeah. So I I think I think in in my totem pole Ernest goes to school has always been the bottom. Yeah. I would watch that before I ever watch this again. I and again I I will defend Ernest movies because you're you know you're supposed to get something wacky and it doesn't take itself seriously. This definitely tried to take itself seriously and it it made the wrong choice there for Look, sure. It it's a movie that is one part a character study of a person going through a nervous breakdown and then turns around and has people dressed up like Klansmen walking into an amusement park. I, I wanted to talk about that. I'm like, are they going to mention that again? I pointed it out to uh, Jen. We were, we were sitting here watching it. She was working on some cosplay stuff. And 
the, the park opens and I see them. I was like, wait a minute. Why is the clan in here? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, those guys in the robes, th- those are clansmen, right? Oh, yeah, those are definitely clansmen. Yeah, which only. And Jen, Jenny knows clansmen. <laughs> and that uh, only compounds the thing that happens earlier in the movie where the three black guys are made to work at the watermelon stand. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice little. So. Uh, dressed up like in overalls and straw hats. Yep. Yeah, this this movie was definitely on the nose. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely it, it filmed didn't hold in back. Georgia. <laughs> we have we have director Michael A. Simpson to thank for this. He directed both Sleepaway Camp two and three. It was also written by Bonnie and Terry Turner, the husband and wife team behind Third Rock from the Sun and that '70s show. Hmm. So oh, well. two solid shows. Yeah. By a couple of sociopaths, I think. Uh, it has IMDb rating of 4.5. Too high. And a Rotten Tomato score. No Rotten Tomato score by critics. Only a 21% by the audience score. It stars David L. Lander, who is known as Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yep. William Wyndham, uh, Bruce Mailer, Robert Saatchi, and Jan Hooks from Saturday Night Live fame. And don't forget Marla Maples. Marla Maples. And a turn as the wife of someone who's super abusive, which she did not have any expertise in later in her life. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, I was happy to see Jan Hooks in this. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty was cool. Yeah, yeah. She's fine. But that was about it. That was Rest really in peace, the only Jan Hooks. I forgot that she had passed away not too long ago. Oh, really? That's sad. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But she was in, well, she was in Coneheads, right? She, she hits on, uh, yeah, she was, in, she was in Coneheads. She was in uh, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh. And she was also in Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, there you go. So that's how she, that's how, connection there. That's how um, they got her, I guess. I feel like, and Dan and I was going back and forth on Twitter with this. This is going to step on the toes of the new Joker movie a little bit. It's essentially <laughs> very similar. Right? He's, right. People are calling, like, making the connection between the new Joker movie and the King of Comedy and and Taxi Driver. And this definitely has some Taxi Driver moments to it. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's definitely not as good as Taxi Driver. I I know what it's trying to be like with Taxi Driver. Obviously, one guy pushed to the edge of his sanity and then he just kind of explodes. But at least in Taxi Driver, it's a little bit more subtle, I guess. Sure. Well, make no mistake. This movie is nowhere close to as good yeah. as Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even, I'm not trying to say it is, but I'm just trying to draw parallels where, you know, obviously De Niro's character is, it's like a, a slow descent into madness. When we're introduced to Bruce Berger, the, the main character in this, played by uh, Lander, he's been crazy and everyone knows it except mm-hmm. for the owner of the park. Yeah, he had had a mental breakdown the summer before, and Angus is still holding on to him because they're old friends. Actually, right. Bruce is actually one of the first, the founding members of the park. Yeah, he did the books, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been cool to see that and him go explode, but he's already crazy at the beginning. Yeah. And not in, like not, a, not an interesting crazy either. Nope. He's just kind of nuts. Yeah. The entire moments in this movie that are supposed to show his insanity are just have like no impact, at least for me. 
they were just meant to hit the nail on the head all the time to remind you that he was crazy rather than do it in any kind of subtle way at all. This movie is not a horror movie simply because it's just not interesting enough to be a horror movie. Like, this first act sets up that he's going to start murdering people. Yes. My wife made a comment where they start introducing the new hires for the summer season. And you can just kind of tell that it's pretty much cannon fodder for a slasher movie, right? I mean, they're all good-looking teens, yeah. Yeah. very little personality. And it's just like just setting them up. It's just ducks in a pond, you know what I'm saying? So it, it definitely starts... That way, when you think, okay, well, obviously he's going to go on a rampage because he's probably going to get fired or something. And it just it never comes to fruition. The, the teenagers are never really spoken of again, except for the crazy uh, security guard who shoots everything. Yeah, it's it's a movie that decides to take its a certain path, and that's in direct conflict with the more interesting path. And we don't get to see what could have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. And and David Lander, he's he I mean, he plays an OK crazy guy because that's what he was in Laverne and Shirley. He was just kind of like a creepy dude. Yeah. So he's got that down pat. But I don't know. It's just none of the characters are interesting. Everyone's very bland. They're mm-hmm. just kind of like sideshows. Yeah. I, I think his performance is is not bad for like a low budget horror movie. I think it's a decent job of it. He makes me believe he's crazy. Yeah, that's true. But if this was if this wound up being a horror movie, it would probably it would have felt like a better performance. The box cover is a clown with a gun looking very crazy. Yeah, he he looks like and it it even says when a mob family takes over an amusement park after the owner dies under mysterious circumstances, the recently fired clown mascot seeks vengeance. No, there's no vengeance until the last five minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 like like finance law throughout this movie <laughs> yeah. he's explaining taxes and loopholes it's almost as as if it's the uh, star wars episode one the phantom menace <laughs> where they're talking about the trade embargo. federation yeah trade federation and embargoes like oh great yeah th- this is what we want out of a horror movie just the, how did those guys get past the uh, the tax law there oh right okay yeah. it was because a leverage he, buy yeah leveraged buy yeah. Oh, thank we, you. We learn all about leveraged buys. Well, I, well listen, now I, I know going forward yeah. to uh, keep my eye out for that kind of stuff. So <laughs> thank you, Bruce Berger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it didn't it, when this movie began um, and throughout the whole thing for me, it it didn't help that it looked like I was watching a bootleg of a movie. Yeah. Like, there was even like camera shakes that looks like it was a guy holding a video camera um, on there. And. <laughs> I oh, just, felt, yeah, just even in the um, the opening credits, yeah. like some of the credits are super blurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it was definitely a very 80s movie. You know, it, it opens up with some slick. It was like some kind of pop song right into it, and it's it just felt very campy. You know, like synth at the beginning. Uh, that's when I kind of figured it wasn't. I was like, all right, I don't, I didn't really know what to expect from it from the very beginning. It didn't give away too much, you know what I'm saying? And to me, um, it very much felt like this. The writers might have written this originally as a play, because the 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 way the scenes are laid out and even shot, 
Um, it's very much, I could see it all being done on a stage. You know, it didn't need to be in front of a camera. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. I never, th- I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of it, especially when the, when he's talking to the, the two imaginary people, when he's playing cards with them and all that. Oh, uh, the, the, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Bogart. Yeah. And who, who was it? Oh, Angus, right? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I thought that was an interesting scene because, again, it's delving deeper into a crazy man's psyche. I was like, all right, that's kind of cool, but mm. I, I mean, again, it really doesn't play into anything else yeah. in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it needed to decide if it wanted to be serious or wanted to be funny, and it didn't. It kind of towed that line and unsuccessfully. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a whole lot of disappointment everywhere. I mean, again. It, it it was it's like I'm struggling to really make this interesting. There's not really anything to talk about it. It's like you said at the beginning. It's a very thin plot line. Yeah, and, this might be one of the thinnest plots we've ever covered. Yeah, and it actually had so for at least two at least bigger name people in it. I'm surprised how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 words on the box art basically is the plot of the movie. You know what was more interesting? When we were casting Batman from the Happy Days characters. Yeah. That was definitely more interesting than this movie. <laughs> and I, I wanted to change my answer for something. So for everyone, our listeners out there, on the Main Damey Twitter account, uh, we were kind of going back and forth naming you know, Happy Days characters and who they would be if they were in the Batman-verse. So I, I think I said... Excuse me, the Batverse. The Batverse, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Anthony said that Richie would be um, Poison well, you, Ivy. Well, you said you, were, the you would gender bend Poison Ivy to be the Fonz. And I completely forgot about Pinky Tuscadero. Pink, Pinky Tuscadero. There's also yeah. Leather Tuscadero. That wouldn't be in ba- a bad Catwoman. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. That's, there you go. And who was the... Uh, who was the owner of Al's. Well, there was Al. There was two was, Al's, right? Well, uh, Al, Al was played by Al, Molina, Al Molinaro. Mm-hmm. Pl- played Al Del Vecchio. Who right, we said was, he'd be the penguin. Right. But the owner of Arnold's, which was Arnold. the restaurant, Arnold. was uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yes. And he could be uh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, there you go. Not bad. <laughs> So the, uh, the reason we brought it up was because we said that David L. Lander would be. Uh, did you Joker. want him to be the Joker? Okay. He would be the Joker because, clearly. And Michael McKeon, who played Lenny, yeah. would be the Riddler. And that would be pretty good. I could see that. Yeah. So we need, if anyone, any of our listeners, is good at you know editing, make Funland and kind of like splice it into the Joker trailer. <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> because it's, because it's it really does kind of mirror what they're going for in this new movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. There are some shots that are really good that I can see. And <laughs> if if the Joker starts talking about tax law, I'm leaving the theater. <laughs> if what Joaquin if, Phoenix says anything about taxes, I'm getting up and I'm walking out. What if Todd Phillips just like completely rips off this movie thinking no one would watch it? <laughs> I'll call him out on it. I don't care. <laughs> I think I think we it would be our duty to to uh, roast him for it, right? Yeah. If Peter Pepperoni pops up in the new Joker movie, we will know. 
Right, Zazie Beats. She's a, a failed ventriloquist. <laughs> oh, this is my. Uh, this was my first dummy, uh, Peter Pepperoni. <laughs> I <Ooh>. see Todd Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I again, I would walk out, but at the same time, I'd be very intrigued by why he did that. <laughs> There's so Just many laziness. better movies to rip off. <laughs> Just pure laziness. Yeah, but but that's I could see him kind of kind of sitting down, maybe writer's block and. I don't know why he would have Funland on, but it's on <laughs> in the background. Maybe he's like, oh, hits hits him a bolt of lightning, hits him. I'll just do this. It'll be great. No one's oh, gonna he's... know. Yeah. But I've I've already read the script for the Joker, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's gonna be like this. But yeah. maybe it's wrong. We'll see. Maybe Bruce <laughs> Wayne will talk about taxes and all that. Once again, Not Bruce Wayne, Dan, no, Wayne. Dan's just ruining movies for himself. Yeah. Spoiling movies can't ruin anything if i'm still excited to watch it uh, we differ in opinion on that one uh but it's this movie this podcast about funland not about joker despite how exactly the same they'll be yeah um so Can we call him joker instead i was just gonna call him a squiggy okay that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to dance around getting through this paper thin plot but i guess it's time to do that but before we do we're going to take a second to listen to a word from one of our friends of the podcast so we'll be right back hey everyone this is steve and this is adam and we're part of the hop nation usa podcast pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast join us every friday for new beer reviews we'll talk about the news history and homebrewing Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All right, welcome back. It's time to get into the plot. So this movie revolves around Bruce Berger, who is the clown of mascot of Funland, an amusement park. We open up, he's doing a commercial for the opening of the park for the season. And then he's there with a kid in a wheelchair who was supposed to be the spokesboy or whatever, the face of the of the new season, whatever. It's bullshit. The kid yeah. falls asleep during the, uh, the commercial shoot. And then we move on to a board meeting um, and we get some kind of uh, a couple of insight into bruce himself he had a breakdown a nervous breakdown the year previous um but angus who is the owner of the park has sentimental attachment to bruce despite Kristen, uh, who is one of the new board members aggressive uh trying to basically push bruce out along with her aggressive use of cigarettes um but uh as i said bruce, uh, angus angus is sentimental towards bruce um Mike, his kind of right-hand man, I guess he's the man, the the operations manager of the park, is trying to talk Angus out of maybe uh, maybe pushing Bruce towards retirement rather than keeping his sentimental attachment. Bruce also is a ventriloquist who has a dummy named Peter Pepperoni. And we find out Bruce's real name is Neil Stickney, but wants to change his name to Bruce Berger legally. Um, and we find out that Bruce Berger is not just the Funland uh mascot right he, he's an actual mas- like so, chain yeah so he's the mascot of brewster's burgers mm-hmm. uh he's essentially ronald mcdonald because uh while this Bru- neil stickney is not the official bruce he's the local bruce 
and there is a national Bruce Burger um, played the, by the uh, national uh, Bruce Burger is such an asshole, yeah. and I kind of like it. Yeah, he he probably gives one of the better performances. Yeah, because he's just he gets the monologue a little bit uh, in his dressing room mm-hmm. about it's, you know his failed his failed career. Right, he like he went to Juilliard. And then he went to like the national national school of national academy of acting in London. So this guy is like in le- a legit actor, and he has to wear a pizza costume. <laughs> it's it's kind of great. I don't know yeah. why. It's just yeah, fuck that so, guy. Yeah, he's so smug. It's just so cool yeah. to see him that he has to like grovel for the money. Like this is the best I get paid out of anything. Yeah. I was King Lear for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Very Shakespeare Shakespeare actor mm-hmm. complaining that before that gig, the, the best paying gig he ever had, before that was getting $500 a week. Before taxes. Before, before taxes. taxes. Yeah, so he's probably yeah. bringing like 300 Yeah. So we see uh, new hires are coming in, um, new kids for the new season. We get a B-plot of the cameraman Sutterfield just being an asshole. Um, we see... Uh, guy named i think chad chad cox or something like that um showing the new hires the ropes including the watermelon stand as we mentioned previously <laughs> and Jeez, holy I shit this. i missed this on the first watch second watch i was like holy shit there's a watermelon stand with a bunch of black guys dressed like dressed like buckwheat how did they get them to do that yeah i don't in, know in real life how did they yeah. get them to do that <laughs> It's like, what the fuck do you make? What the fuck In are you making me do? It, right. It's not even. It's not. It's not long enough to excuse it. It no. really isn't. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's really not. And that's why I'm saying, like, if you're one of those actors, I'm sure one of them was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Like, I mean, Long Duck Dong in the, what is that? Sixteen Candles 16 or Candles, Pink? Yeah. yeah. That was a thing, but like in terms of the track of getting noticed and you know stereotypes african americans were progressed a lot further than asian americans at that point in the 80s i mean this was just so blatant yeah it's and and they it's just like a quick thing they don't really come back to visit it and it's kind of swept under the rug but it's super noticeable Mm -hmm. yeah very awkward yeah um uh we got another scene of mike trying to talk angus into uh, letting bruce go he's not he doesn't he doesn't agree kind of just gives excuses some kind of metaphors about the rivers and sticks in the river some <laughs> go with the flow some don't means absolutely nothing yeah some sticks aren't crazy yeah. sticks don't have mental breakdowns unfortunately no matter where you throw them uh, yeah, at this point he's just a danger to the people the kids yeah he yeah. had an absolute mental breakdown in front of a whole bunch of senior citizens the year before <laughs> One of my favorite lines from the movie is how, what does he say? I mean, this is towards the end, but uh, Squiggy says, a clown can get away with murder. And I thought to myself, that's one of the last people who could get away with murder. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, that's, if if there's a mass murderer out, I think a clown's probably like top three for sure on the list. It's at least stretching the power one gains from being a clown. Right. I, well, how often do you hear about <laughs> scary clowns, right? It's it's we yeah. had not too long ago in New Jersey, I think there was a clown epidemic yeah. where people were dressing up 
just to scare people. So well, yeah. yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, we we also found out this year that uh, Juggalo makeup actually avoids facial recognition, so those clowns <laughs> could get away with murder. Really? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Don't get any bright ideas, anyone they, out they've there. Been, they've been playing. They've been the forefront of the resistance movement. <laughs> <laughs> what up, so, Violent J? So is, so now is Antifa gonna? Uh, Take on Juggalo face paint. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what's gonna. Oh man. But yeah, the the whole thing with you mentioned with the nervous breakdown and all that is there's a scene where he does his routine, I guess, in front of the new hires as they're applying, yep. and it just seems completely creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, guess who I have in my out. pocket? Yeah. You know. But what, what does one like of the that. kids say? It was like, oh, something for when you're bored. Yeah. He's like, do you have do you have an idea what's in my pocket? It's like a yeah. hole for when you're bored. Yeah, <laughs> good zinger, good zinger. I think uh, that was Sutterfeld. Yes, the uh, the cat or the uh, photo guy, right? Yeah, the photographer, photo guy. Yeah. I think that's the <laughs> technical term, photo guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so that's when I thought, like, oh, this is definitely going to be a comedy movie because the kids are just going to harass him until he breaks. And then he's going to pin one of them to the, you know, the Ferris wheel or something. And <laughs> we'll be on our way. Yeah. <laughs> and none of that happened. Nope. nope. We yeah, I don't even a... think they show a Ferris wheel. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. But uh, we get a presentation for the new hires uh, for Radio Q91 with <laughs> Steve Murphy, Murph the Surf. <laughs> And he just spends his whole speech just roasting Bruce Berger. <laughs> and only Bruce Berger. Yeah. Like, dude, he's there's other to, people on the podium. Yeah, he's supposed mm. to just be like, hey, kids. And then he just, like, roasts Bruce Berger. So it's like, as as hard as life gets, kids, remember, you're not the guy in the clown suit. Right, and, and you see Bruce, <laughs> That's like, his final line of the presentation. And Bruce checks out his his feet. I'm like, oh, come on, man. You're talk about picking on low-hanging fruit here. <laughs> Punching down. That's Murph the Surf's attitude. Well, at, at this point, I think Howard Stern was around, right? Yeah. So were they trying to kind of capitalize on that? I don't know. Because he's definitely a shock jock. Yeah. Or at least he tries to be. But yeah, it was just, he was just super mean. <laughs> but the chicks loved him. Chicks loved him. Murph the Surf. He had a lot of uh, a lot of chest hair popping out. <laughs> he was he was uh. He was ready to rock, man. On ninety-one Q91. Who yeah, knows what they play? Yeah. Q91. Next uh, up, Panama by Van Halen. <laughs> oh, he was definitely a Van Halen guy. Van Hagar, most likely. <laughs> so uh, the end of the presentation is Angus, the owner, addressing rumors that he's selling the park, and he says the very fortuitous line over his dead body, and then we cut to him being pulled out of a lake, dead by an apparent suicide. Well, you, you guys missed the uh, the freeze frame. We got a freeze frame there. Right. right? He goes over my dead ending. body, and he just raises his arms triumphantly. I'm not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> Suck on this one. And then the body of uh, Angus was pulled out of the uh, brackish water. I love that word, brackish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's, oh, I'm sorry, coughing up a little bit. Uh, the, the, the news reporter gives a terrible, terrible line read. When she's like, like Bob, back to you, and like Bob, back yeah. to you, and she gives like a little head nod. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Put some stank on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that moment is supposed to be when they wrote it and shot it like a laugh break. 
like over my dead body. Yeah. And then it cuts to so and so's dead, and Crash was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> right. And I thought Bruce had done it because maybe since he was trying to be pushed out, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Bruce mm-hmm. killed the the owner of the park. Right. But yeah, and, that, and did any of you notice the uh, unofficial dramatization of the body discovery? No. That they did. <laughs> it was just a cop there with a walkie-talkie in his hand, and then they <laughs> cut away from that. So I don't know if that was a bit that they just decided to back out of <laughs> in oh, the editing room. <laughs> there's a lot of dramatic effect there. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the next scene is the funeral. And Bruce Berger gives the eulogy, and he roasts everybody at the funeral. <laughs> he, he's the, it's the clown version of that uh, commercial where the, uh, I forget what they're doing it for, where the guy gives the best man speech and he starts telling the story about how the guy got a oh, rash in Vegas. Uh, the wedding singer, yeah. Steve Buscemi. They, they were hookers, but I don't remember paying them. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, it's a trope that's been around for a yeah, while and he's yeah. basically doing that for a eulogy yeah he but at least he dressed up in black face paint for the <laughs> occasion and he had the uh, oh. he had the teardrop <laughs> yeah it, we, i think that's supposed to be a french manic right a french clown don't the, 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 the french the when french clown or also you put like it that. you put it you put a teardrop there when you've killed someone that's true sure. yeah that's <laughs> very true see, maybe bruce did kill him really Right. Where yeah. we don't we actually don't know it was Larry. I I learned that lesson not a lesson but I learned that at a very young age by the way that if you have a teardrop tattoo it means you've murdered someone. I think I learned that when I was like nine. <laughs> this is too young to learn that kind of stuff. Your second grade teacher had a teardrop tattoo. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, my my cousin told me when uh, I would go visit him in Manhattan. Just- so. This was the last kid that didn't do his homework. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but that's I hope my nine year old doesn't know that. And so I'll I'll try to hide that away. So Bruce roasts everybody, talks about how uh, Angus would love nothing more than to run barefoot through Miss Willingham's tits. Now, Miss Willingham, is that... That's, that's Jan, Jan Hooks. Okay. And she was cool about it. She was like, he's yeah. the nicest guy I know. <laughs> oh, like, again, something that just wouldn't fly now. You yeah. couldn't do that. And then at the funeral, Mrs. Angus Perry um, tells Mike and Bruce that she sold the park to developers that Angus had said that he wasn't going to sell to. And, and then we get to meet them. That's the uh, leverage buy. Yeah. yeah. I, I we have how Bruce two is minutes completely, Yeah. Com- Bruce is completely unaffected yeah. by this buy. No. He's like, he's like, yeah, it's a leverage buy. Right. You. What does he say? You're. You think you're selling. You're selling what you're buying, but in reality, you're really buying what you're selling. Like, <laughs> I didn't learn a goddamn thing, Bruce. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And he just says it with such confidence because yeah. apparently, apparently Neil was good with the numbers. Yes, yeah, he, and, he was good with the books. Yeah. Then we get to meet the developers, the DeMauro family, who are just your stereotypical mafia family. Uh-huh. I yeah, think they were trying really hard to be a ripoff of The Godfather. Yeah. You don't say. Yeah, like... I, I didn't put my finger on that one. Yeah. You it wasn't DeMauro's got yeah. cotton balls in his mouth, yeah, talking it, like it Marlon It wasn't Brando. obvious enough. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, I know. It was pretty tough. You probably thought it yeah. was Scarface they were trying to imitate. Right. Well, one Italian. If you've seen one, you've seen them all, really. They all yeah. talk like that. They all talk like this. And But I, I was thinking, 
to uh, if I were going to recast one of the brothers, I would have cast Bobby Cannaval mm-hmm. from uh, Boardwalk. Yeah, I think he would have been. Uh, who was the assassin? Larry. Larry. He would have been Lawrence. Uh, the father says Lawrence. Weird. Yeah. Did anyone notice that? He doesn't say Lawrence. He says Lau- Lawrence. I think. I don't know. Regardless, he would have been a good Lawrence because he's a he's a nut job and he's Italian, so it fits. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I did a good job with that one. I think I pat myself on the back. Yeah. Carlo, uh, Larry's the muscle, while Carlo is kind of the brains, uh, brother. Uh, mm-hmm. He's talking about everyone's got a slash cost. They got to cut twenty percent of their budget out, and uh, he asks Kristen, uh, the one of the board members to find out about Neil Stickney, who's a major stockholder. Yeah. Uh, the and audience knows Neil Stickney is Bruce Berger, but uh, Kristen, as well as Carlo, does not, because he's only going by Bruce at this point. Yeah, and Kristen, being the good little bootlicker she is, mm. goes about and finds that information as quickly as possible. She's hungry, man. She's re- fresh out of grad school. She's looking to make a name for herself. Um, then we get B-plot line about the photographer doug hitting on one of the employees and pressures her into a date uh, oh, the, the reverse psychology yeah. she pu- he pulls the old bugs bunny on her yep rabbit uh, season duck season duck season rabbit season the the b plot line goes absolutely nowhere nope yeah and then we move on yeah uh, <laughs> so one thing in the meeting is that they say that they're bringing in the national bruce burger um, and there's not a, there's not room enough in the budget to have two Bruce Burgers. So essentially, Bruce is losing his job. Uh, but first, he loses his dressing room. He gets moved into the Wax Museum, which has been shut down. Uh, and then National Bruce shows up and is an arrogant prick. Has yeah. a tiff with Funland Bruce and then kicks him out of the dressing room, where Bruce goes to the abandoned Wax Museum and talks to a wax figure, Humphrey Bogart. Which is actually played by the guy that plays the mob boss. Yes. Robert oh, I Sachi. thought it was Humphrey Bogart. Damn nope. it. <laughs> so convincing. Robert Sachi looks just like him. Yeah. Uh, but he, he made a name for himself as a Humphrey Bogart impersonator. Eventually would play a Humphrey Bogart impersonator in a movie based solely on the fact that he was a Humphrey Bogart impersonator. Um, but he looks just like him. And it's the most impressive thing in the movie is how much he looks like Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I mean, mean, that's it's really not a saying skill; something, it's I just guess. a thing. Right. <laughs> I think that's saying something about the movie where we're marveling at how someone looks like someone else who had made his money off looking like that person, so it shouldn't even have been a shock. Right. <laughs> well, it, what, like, what was it? It was like the the Charlie Chaplin contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Charlie Chaplin came in second or third, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, like being it's like going back old school. It's like being amazed that um you know, speaking of roast, that you know, Rich Little could do a voice of somebody famous out of nowhere. You're like, Oh, you like, mean that guy that's famous for doing voices of people and can <laughs> can do this man's voice? Yeah. It, it's like being not Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a good that's a good callback. <laughs> if, if you're going to be famous for something, I mean, that there's worse things than being famous for looking like someone, sounding yeah. like someone. Make a career out of it. Then, okay, where are we? So he right. looks like Humphrey Bogart. He looks like Humphrey Bogart. Good uh, for- the VIP day opens. 
and Bruce just gets dissed by some kids. He's just getting roasted all over the place. You it can buy tough. that at the gift shop. <laughs> it, I know these are Bruce Berger, Berger's funny flowers, and you're like, ah, whatever you say, bud. Whatever yeah. helps you sleep at night, I guess. It is not a good VIP day for Bruce. Uh, we get the scene where Mr. and Mrs. Peppers, the VIPs, lock their keys in the car, and the security guard shoots their door off and then walks away. So, oh, you you forgot about the uh, the father who threatens to beat his daughter. That's opening day. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. That's I towards that, the end. Um, that guy was a bad dad. Yeah. And Marla Maples married him. Typical Marlo Maples. She definitely has a type. Wait, r- really? Is that for real? No, no, no. So in the movie, that that's who plays the mom in that is Marla Maples. Marla Maples. Where have I heard that name before? M- Mark, who's Marla Maples? Uh, she is uh, Donald Trump's second wife. <gasps> yep. Oh. The mom of Tiffany Trump. <laughs> Trump. Wait a minute. Really? Yep. Yes. So how did she get this part? Was she an actress the whole time? Yeah, she was an actress. Oh, my God. There she is. Mother. Mm-hmm. She's cast as mother. Yep. And she's also the third build actor on the Amazon listing. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> she has one line. Yep. Yeah. And it, I don't even think I don't even think it's uh, a full sentence. It's like it kind of like it, it gets fades away. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget before you go on. The... <laughs> <laughs> um. So the security guard for some reason is carrying a gun, shoots the door off, and is on her merry way. Which is comforting. I don't um, think that I don't even think the security guards at Disney get guns. They shouldn't, especially yeah. if they're like this person. <laughs> right. it, it, is, was it just me, or was that security guard supposed to be like a blatant ripoff of Pat? She's like Pat, and like I guess like a police making fun of Police Academy movies. It, I guess it, it's got to be right, Pat. Yeah. We, we, I don't know if that was the uh, if that sketch was out yet. But like everyone, I don't know if anyone knows that sketch from Saturday Night Live, but it's like no one knows if Pat's a man or a woman. Right. So I, I thought that that's what they were going for there. Yeah. Very appropriate in 2019. Yeah. yeah. Very woke. <laughs> uh, so after VIP day, tomorrow family has a sit down with the other park management. Uh, they have some changes. Uh, one of the things, the review show that they have needs to show more tits. Um <laughs> And they have an idea for a weird new attraction to replace the Wax Museum about celebrity deaths. The uh, Betty Ford Clinic. Yeah. And then that scene ends. Then we have lunchtime with Bruce, and this is where he really starts to lose his mind. He imagines the cafeteria crew does a complete rap and dance. So what what members of the... Right. Yes. Cafeteria crew start rapping and dancing. Cafeteria crew is completely African-American. So I, I think... What this movie was trying to get across was that they don't like black people <laughs> or they think less of them at the very least. It's and just, it's super obvious. It's it's super weird for it to be like this movie's only 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was the year that I was born. It came out. Yeah. And it just <laughs> it's a it feels at least a decade older when it comes to those That's sorts so, of things. Yeah. Maybe even older. Yeah, uh, it's strange. Again, Especially to ha- think, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner came out 20 years before this. And <laughs> and again, I'm fairly certain that the Klansmen are in the park at one point. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they are. They stroll hooded, right through the front gate. Yeah, there's hooded, white hooded figures. Mm-hmm. Who else could it? I'm, I'm being dead serious to the listeners. Point it. 
yeah, I'm not even yeah pointed hoods. I'm not even trying to joke around. I I don't know what at what time in the movie it happens, but they're there. I'm not yeah. for I'm not opening going crazy. Day. Opening yeah. day, they are there where Marla Maples was. Okay, so now we can tie it all together. Yeah. So he imagines the crew, the cafeteria crew does does a ramp rap and dance. Then after that, he then imagines Angus showing up. And Angus, he has lunch with Angus, essentially, who is dead, don't forget. And Angus tells him that the Damaros had him killed so they could buy the park. Specifically, Larry killed him. And uh, we see shots of Bruce talking to himself. Um, Then Bruce goes to Mike to tell about Larry killing Angus and doesn't believe him for obvious reasons. And then he retreats back to his new dressing room in the Wax Museum where he plays poker with a dead guy, a wax figure, and a puppet. Um, we get find out that Damaro's plant to fire Bruce, uh, but meanwhile Bruce steals Larry's briefcase and has a a solemn goodbye to the dead Angus. And Mike tells Bruce that he's fired, and Kristen figures out that Neil Stickney, the person she's been looking for the whole time, is none other than Bruce Berger. So then we get to Funland Opening Day, which, as we mentioned, features a KKK family. And Marla Maples. Uh, Bruce. I feel bad that I spoiled that uh, big reveal. I'm sorry. No, no, we spoiled it early. Um, So Bruce sabotages the opening and works with the computers to make the park open at 8.30 instead of 9, which sends everybody into a tizzy. Uh, Mike, pissed off at how Larry and Carlo were treating the employees, he quits and he gets threatened by Larry and Carlo. Uh, This is the point where, where... Kristen tells Carlo who Neil Stickney is. Yeah. Uh, so they go and try and find him. And Bruce goes up. Oh, go ahead. I was like, and the whole subplot missing in here is that apparently the DJ is trying to break the world record for most times going around the roller coaster. <laughs> oh, and mm-hmm. it's like 600 times. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And it yeah. means yeah. nothing to the plot. Yeah, they only <laughs> had to go. They, they have one scene too many of it. The first two scenes were fine where he gets on. They're doing the whole celebration and. You know, he gets on and goes. And then when they cut back to it, and it's like, he's going around for his 50th time. Only 680-something more to go. That should yeah. have been the end of it until the, you know, the, the park comes up at the end. But they cut back to him again for some reason when he's at 67 mm. for no reason. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad bit. Yeah. It has no bearing on the movie. Nope. Right. Bruce goes up onto a clock tower to try and shoot the other Bruce. And he is a terrible shot. <laughs> right. He has them. He's standing still at one point and he's shooting everything around him. Yep. It, this would have been good. And this is a scene out of Naked Gun, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And no one has any reactions to his missed shots. Like he's yeah. hitting. Th- like he blows up a watermelon with one of his shots and no one has any reaction. Yeah, I think he blows up a Coke can, a watermelon. He he shoots a balloon, which makes it and it pops. So that I understand, you know, whatever. But no one else hears loud gunfire coming from the uh, the clock tower. The only people that do is Carlo and Larry. So they eventually figure out where Bruce is. So Larry goes up, tries to stop Bruce. Bruce turns the gun on on Larry and shoots him. And he come becomes a a hero. The the when uh, Larry goes to stop Bruce. He does so by holding the barrel to his stomach <laughs> to try to wrestle it away from Bruce. Yeah. I was thinking, 
there's no way this guy's an actual assassin because that's what an idiot would do. Yeah. And assassins are not idiots, really. They're, you know, very smooth operators. They know how to handle a gun. Yeah. So it was like, oh, what does this end do? <laughs> and I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he kind of spins it. They be, he becomes a hero. Says that uh, Larry was trying to shoot everybody because it was his gun, I guess. Yeah, but his fingerprints aren't on. They're on the barrel. Yeah. They're they're not on the trigger and everything else. And then the Demaros become their their federal investigation that is going on throughout this whole time uh, comes through and they all get arrested and that leaves Bruce as the essentially the sole owner of the park mm-hmm. and he basically takes Angus's place and then we have a meeting between Bruce and Mike about the future of the park. Uh, he tells Mike that he doesn't accept his resignation. Uh, Mike says doesn't matter still not coming back and he leaves he gives uh neil who's oh. who's cat who's out of makeup for the first time the whole movie we, yes i think this is the first time we ever see him without his makeup on we we glossed over the funniest part of this movie what is it the on the opening day uh jan brings a lost girl <laughs> to mike and I like goes, at the, like at the opening of the park, 8.30 yes. in the morning. Yeah, she's like, oh, we got our first lost child of the day. Well, why didn't you bring her to, you know, family services? Like, oh, They're reason. not open yet. Yeah, yeah, they're not open yet. So then, like, all right, we'll just, you know, take her outside and we'll, we'll handle it. And when Mike leaves... It's it's dark out. It's got to be like 9 yeah, o'clock at it, night. I was going to say, the, it's probably 9, it's nine ten o'clock, right? So he's, he leaves Bruce's new office... And sitting in the hallway, in pitch black, is the little girl. She's been there all day. <laughs> all day. Hasn't said a word, I bet. And <laughs> and Mike just goes, oh, you're still here? Well, let's get you to your family. And then they go, they stroll down the street singing a song. And I hope that has happened in real life. Just one time. <laughs> I'm where, sure Right, we're just like, they, like, oh, you're still here, kid? Come, come with me. Come with this strange guy. And then you just roll down this M I C K E Y M O U S E. That would have been a dream come true, really. I should mention that um, the, the guy that pl- plays Mike, Bruce Mailer, was in like four Police Academy movies. And he also played um, Elaine's rabbi neighbor in Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. He was also on Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, the one of the final chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rabbi Glick, uh, Glickman. Yeah. He's the one that has the public access show, and he starts. He just talks about all her her secrets. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and and that winds up being the end of the movie. Uh, Mike leaves with the little girl as Bruce is talking to uh, Peter Pepperoni, and uh, that's it. Yeah. This is easily the thinnest plot we've discussed, and luckily we made it kind of quick. Yeah, we busted right through it. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you just want to go right to how we would make this better. I think we're all in agreement on how we would. Well, turn it into a horror movie, right? Turn it into a horror movie or just turn this into the Happy Days Batman movie. Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) If we could go back in time, I'm sure we could pitch that. Yeah. Right. That's that's all I want to do when I get when I make my time machine is just. Uh, pitch all the movies that we create on this on this podcast yes yeah and you you would have no trouble 
um, pitching that movie because if you remember correctly, um, when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, everybody hated it. So it wouldn't matter right. who you would have put in a movie back then. Yeah, people would and have we've already it. got a director, Ron Howard. Yeah, there you Boom. go. He could have cut his teeth. as Poison Ivy, and then we just have Ron Howard as the director. <laughs> right. Well, uh, do we change the who do we, we said the Fonz was uh, Mr. Freeze because he Mr. was he's he was cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> for those that don't follow us on Twitter, which you should at the main Damie, uh Batman was Ralph Mel. <laughs> That's right. Robin was Potsy. Oh wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was the other way around. I thought Potsy It doesn't was matter. Batman. I kind of like Ralph Malfa as Batman. I think that's weird. <laughs> he, so, he'd be so recognizable. Um, the Fonz Ralph? was Mr. No, Freeze. it's Batman. <laughs> He's got a sin on it shirt. What is, uh, I, I said uh, Chachi would be Nightwing yeah. and Joni would Joni. be Batgirl. Yep. Laverne uh, and Shirley are Catwoman and harley, harley quinn. quinn yep and mr cunningham is uh detective gordon yep or commissioner gordon yeah uh who else al is the penguin right and i think that's what we got yeah i think that's as far as we got and lenny and squiggy as the riddler and joker and the joker respectively yeah, yeah. i mean i think we really got all the main people yeah right and, and <laughs> i said uh arnold would be Ray al ghul there we go. It's perfect. I would yeah. totally watch this. Yeah, come on. Even if it was just like a, an hour long episode of Happy Days, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> right, like a like a a dream. dream. Like Richie has a dream. Wakes up at the end. They watch the. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the, they watch Batman '66. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, this was set in the '50s. Uh, I think it was early '60s. Oh, it was okay. I thought it was in the '50s. I don't quote me on that, but I feel like it was. Early you, you know better. You're, this is your uh, your field, really. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, is there any other ways that you would make this better, Mark? <laughs> no, essentially you just go the um into the uh, the horror route. Um, I would have probably you know completely lost the um the part the parts of the movie uh, unless if you're uh purposely need them for some reason, just take out the mafia angle at all and just make it bruce going nuts and killing the the workers yeah. there and more lean into that um that's really about all i would change i before the movie started uh i was voicing how much i hated this movie and mark said he enjoyed it i was gonna punch mark <laughs> through the phone because i thought you were serious and I, I, I kind of threw my hands back. I was like, you got to be kidding me. How can he like this movie? But I'm, I'm glad that you were joking. Uh, unless you're not joking. I don't want to bully you into not liking a movie, Mark. I already purchased it on Blu-ray. Okay. Well, that's good. We, we, we could watch well, it. Tell me how the transfer is on that version. <laughs> oh, God. That's, what, that's what everyone wants, right? Funland remastered. That's what the yeah. kids have been screaming on. Uh-huh. I... I it's I, I they just they they rode that middle line throughout the whole movie. They tried to make it like this. There's parts where they wanted it to be slapstick comedy. There's parts where there are like like it's a serious character study of a guy losing his mind, mm-hmm. and they switch back and forth like the whole time. And that's not really how you do dark comedy. Right. It's kind of a misunderstanding of of what makes a dark comedy a dark comedy. It, you know what I can kind of compare it to 
did you ever see the movie Observe and Report? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's similar to this where it tries to do some slapstick comedy at times with Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and like Michael Pena and, and others. But then it's really just how Seth Rogen is delusional. He has delusions of grandeur and he doesn't really see the world the way it is. So it's similar to that. But Observe and Report <clears throat> is obviously a, had a much better budget and probably better acting in it. But it to me, it was kind of comparable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a fair comparison because that movie, when it came out, was also compared to Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. So I think we we are calling that back too. Yeah. Yeah. You get either got to either got to go full slapstick with this, or you got to go full horror movie, or you turn this into a, a a drama, remove the comedy completely, and it's just a character study of a guy descending into his own madness. Yeah. Yeah, he, and then, he then it's like an after-school special. Right. I mean, you, he has the the clown get up as a defense mechanism. That's yeah. the only way he can really get through his his life. And mm-hmm. when that's taken away from him, it's like he's naked, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I did not like this movie. Uh, I think it's I think it's definitely one of the worst movies we've done. It's definitely up there for sure. I mean, again, it, it's hard to put this type of movie against the asylum type movies that we've watched Mm -hmm. and there's not many that we have but to me those will always be bottom of the barrel and rightfully so because they're cheaply made uh it's like uh clip art kind of movies Mm -hmm. so these movies that actually have some sort of budget i can't put below them but i hated this movie a lot (laughs) it's it's close it's a close second yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is this is probably the worst movie that we watched for me. Um, I was bored throughout it. I, I literally probably was on my phone reading Twitter and didn't miss a beat in this movie for most of it. Like, yeah. I never felt lost when I looked back up at the screen and figuring out why something happened. Because <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was it was it was a poor movie. Um, and it, it's one of those things where we've talked about throughout the whole episode. If they would have just stuck to one course, either a slapstick comedy or a horror movie, it would have been much better. But trying to toe this line and be this grand piece of, you know, cinema that they thought they were writing just made it really terrible. Even uh, even Jen, this this is what Jen said. I, I sent it to you guys, but I want to say it for the listeners. That was really bad. I can't imagine anything being much worse than that. <laughs> I think that sums it up perfectly. Sums it up perfectly. Um, let's see. We uh, we're short this week. It's short, so I'm gonna ask a, a marry fuck kill question. Oh, oh great! Now, give me a second. Um, so marry fuck kill, Jan hooks, um, Kristen, the board member, or I need the third one. <laughs> the uh, the watchman call it the security guard. Oh yeah, the security guard. Yeah. What was her name? Uh, Dorkner. Was that was what it was? Yeah, Darlene Dorkner. Okay. So so we have Jan Hooks, right? Shelley. Yeah. Kathy, you said. Shelley Willingham, then Kristen Cumming. Okay. And Darlene Dorkner. All right. Mark, do you want to go first? Yeah. So. <laughs> so with a last name like that, you're definitely fucking Kristen Cumming. 
because that would be, you know, a real hate fuck, and it would be nice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, we learn so much about Mark in, this, in these segments when we do it. It's great. It's just... And you marry Jan Hooks, and then you, you know, try and murder the security guard, because I think she would like it if you tried to kill her rather than do the other two things. I think I think Dorkner, if you try and kill her, you might lose that one. She might yeah. kill you. It's yeah. gonna be a, it's gonna be a firefight. But she may kill you if she does one of the other two things as well. At least in this, she would have a a chance. Is something yeah. something tells me she's probably never experienced love like physically. This is getting dark here. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have chose her, but uh, you know what? I'm going to. I'm still gonna kill her. I mean, I'd be. I, hey, me. so just so you know, Darlene Dorkner was played by the writer Bonnie Turner. <laughs> it doesn't change my answer. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna kill her. Just so you know. right, hold on, let me let, let me look IMDb it. I'm, I'm still, we're, we're, well, she doesn't have a picture. But regardless, she's she's dead. Uh, <laughs> I could I could probably fool her into giving me her her gun. Right, you could probably play a trick on her. Like, oh, what kind of gun is that? Oh, let me see, and then just blow her away. Uh, Jan Hook, I'm, I think I'm gonna bang Jan Hook because she was funny, and I, I like funny women. And the other, what was her name? Kristen. Kristen, uh, I'll marry her because she's, she's tough. She's driven. There Jan, you go. Jan Hook is just kind of like a, yeah, whatever. You want to run all over my chest? That's great. <laughs> uh, she's down to clown. She is. So, I mean, if she lets an old guy do that, she's probably up for anything. Oh, yeah. He was, Angus was totally fucking Jan Hooks, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was implied. Sh- yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you could get away with a lot with Jan. I mean, and she won't rat you out. Yeah. I think I'm in uh, agreement with Dan on his choices here. Although, Mark, if yeah. you you said that you would fuck Kristen because of her yeah. last name is coming, so you could you could have said, your reasoning could have been like, if she says in the middle, I'm coming, I'm coming, you could always say, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you told me that earlier. That would, that would be I've a joke. your driver's was, license, woman. That would be a joke completely written for this movie. Um, but just opening up back about Bonnie Turner, uh, we mentioned earlier she is the creator of Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show. And that, uh She wrote Wayne's World. Coneheads, Wayne's World 2, The Brady Bunch Movie, Tommy Boy, and Damn. she's the creator of... She was a writer on 130 episodes of Saturday Night Live. She is also the creator of Normal Ohio, which was a TV show. Third Rock from the Sun, that Whoopi. 70s show, Whoopi, and that 80s show. She's very, got hell of a resume. Yeah, that's, a, that's an impressive resume. That's, yeah. Bonnie... Turner had a huge influence on me growing up. <laughs> and she uh, she won a primetime Emmy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, she got, I mean, she got the uh, Games World too. Yeah, she got, boy. yeah, she got the clunker out of the way early. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you got to start somewhere. She hasn't done anything since that 70s show. That's interesting. I mean, she's pretty old. She was born in 1940, so yeah. I, she's probably hung it up. And good for her. She's earned it. Yeah. It doesn't stop me from wanting to kill her, though. <laughs> her character her character yeah i don't want to kill i mean bonnie turner she she has terrible gun safety discipline so i mean right 
it's either it's either us or she's probably gonna accidentally kill herself. Right. Yeah. Nature would take its course. Natural selection. Yeah. Uh, like she's she's gonna try to shoot a lock. It's gonna ricochet right between the eyes. Uh-huh. So we're we're doing the world a service, really. That's right. Um, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, you guys got any plugs? Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm coughing like crazy. Uh, so I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm at diaquino122 at on Twitter. Follow our Stranger Damies account on Twitter. It's at Stranger Damies. Our Instagram is also at Stranger Damies. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, email us at it's uh, what strangerdamies at gmail.com. And that's it. Yeah, and the typical, um, you know, Stranger Damies airs um, the day before this one every Wednesday. Um, this is the last episode of our last session that we have done. So you guys are as caught up as we are, um, storyline and all that wise, uh, which means that next week's episode will be a Talking with Strangers uh, episode, which is our um, periodically um, scheduled talk show, usually when we just need a week, um, and also let you guys, uh, you know, ask any questions you have. I'm um, going for the players and the audience um, so far. And also, this will lead us into the home stretch for our Extra Life campaign, um, which we announced um, is tentatively set for November 16th, at, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Uh, we did a test stream um, over on the main Damies t- Twitch account. Um, we're probably going to have a couple more between now and then, um, sort of just to get every get all the kinks out and see if we can get everything working um, and just, uh, you know, go from there. Uh, so... Right now, um, I have a very simple um, URL for if you want to donate to Extra Life. Um, it's tinyurl.com uh, slash extralife4, the number four, um, there. Um, until I come up for a title for this one, um, I'll just leave it at a very simple, um, you know, uh, tiny URL like that. So if you want to go there, donate. Um, we benefit the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, uh, as we do for the last uh, four years here. Uh, so feel free to donate. Uh, we'll have more information, uh, a lot more stuff, schedules, what games we'll be playing and stuff as the uh, months go along here. Great. Um, they We are They Call This a Movie, and you can find us on just about every podcast streaming app and service that you can find podcasts. So that means iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts. Basically, any podcast streaming app you have, we will pop right up. If you want to hit us on the on the Podbean website, that's theycallthismovie.podbean.com. Uh, we are an offshoot of themaindamey.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamey. And that's where you'll get all updates, maybe some polls of the next episodes, and all kinds of great stuff. You can find all our casting for our Happy Days Batman movie there, too. Uh, at the main name on Twitter. Um, we are now part of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find us on their sh- podcast streaming uh, uh, feed, as well as a bunch of other uh, shows that, you know, there's something for everyone on, on, that, on that feed. Um, they are at gvnation.com and on all uh, social media networks at uh, Geek Vibes Nation is their, uh, their social media presence. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, uh, you could hit us up at themaindamey at gmail.com. We are open to suggestions of what movies to watch next, 
Um, you can like, share, and subscribe on uh, iTunes. It helps us out uh, get presence seen. Um, and I guess that's it. Yeah, you guys got anything? Any last, any last words before we wrap this one up? Oh, you're really milking this one, Ant. <laughs> put it to bed, man. This movie sucked. <laughs> no, uh, this is uh, they call this movie, and the director this week is Michael A. Simpson. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. This is Anthony LaVecchio telling Michael A. Simpson to go fuck himself.